Wow. Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> I have to confess that um, uh, there's a part of me that still feels really shy, kind of sitting up here and like I can't hide anywhere. And um, so suddenly in my sitting this morning, this voice came up and said, lay your zagu down. And I said, no. And then it was, lay your zagu down. And uh, it was one of those moments of maybe communing with the source. (laughs) Um, And my, my heart's still beating fast. So, uh, communing with the source, travel the pathways, embrace the territory, and treasure the road. This is a couplet in the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi. Maybe most of you are familiar with this. And the Jewel Mirror Samadhi is, in my opinion, an incredible chant. And in a way, it's a sutra. Because it's like Uh, the bullion cube of uh, the principle and the method. Because in the song, we're being, you know, in a sense, revealed to us what, what the Dharma is and what it has to offer us. And it's offering us transformation. When the wooden man begins to sing, the stone woman gets up dancing the promise of transformation. And there's the method. There's the how do we practice that comes in and out throughout the whole song of the Jilmir Samadhi. And so the method, communing with the source, travel the pathways, embrace the territory and treasure the road. And this, I think, is Zazen. This is kinhin. This is our practice moment to moment. This is the root of our sangha life. Communing with the source. But I think really, let's just wonder together even what this means, communing with the source. I mean, and we really can only wonder (laughs) because whatever we think it is, our ideas are much too small to really capture it. And so the wondering is maybe part of the path. Um, But it could be that there's a few things we could say about communing with the source. And one is already, you know, not knowing. Um, And I think it's also an invitation to bring our full attention to bring our concentration to something unseen, something that's sitting with us, that penetrates everything. I mean, in, in the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, it says, it, in its subtlety, it fits into spacelessness. In its grandness, it is utterly beyond location. So this source, is already interpenetrating with everything and is so big that we could never grasp it or know it. Um, 
but it's still hard to talk about even anything about this, except maybe um, there's a quality of, of um, vulnerability in communing with the source. There's a quality of, you know, embodied presence, like if we're just thinking away, we're not really communing. We're trying to figure something out. We're trying to understand. We're making up stories. So this sense of just being embodied, present, and maybe open, open to listening, listening. Um, I also think maybe it's a kind of a space because if we're too close to something, we can't really interact or communicate or connect. And if we're too far away, then we're detached. But there's a kind of space, like even when we practice patience, for example, if we're really patient, not just telling ourselves to be patient, where we're just here, we're just being, we're not trying to get anywhere. So this sense of space, maybe, is part of communing with the source. And this sense of letting go, especially letting go of needing to know. So um, I, I went to the dictionary to see what the dictionary might say communing is. And it, it was interesting to me because the dictionary, well, the dictionary I looked up, and there's many dictionaries, um, said, Communing is to experience a deep emotional or spiritual relationship with something unseen, something beyond comprehension, and yet palpably present. And again, so fine, it fits into spacelessness, so great, it is utterly beyond location. Maybe it's kind of like saying, my life is not my own I belong to the universe, listening for instructions. So it's not about studying. It's not about trying to understand. But I I realized after I was working with this a little more that there was something that was really left out of this definition. Um, Because if we really consider communing, it's not me communing with the source. The source is communing with us. The communing is happening uh, between us. And that's what's so profound about it. Because the sense of I as separate or I as you know distinct, the I we hold on to, it has to go away to commune. Um, that we're really sitting with all beings, ancestors, everything is here already present for the liberation of all beings. And this is our practice because we're absorbing the Dharma into our whole being. It's like rain, it it soaks up into our robes, it comes into our body, our bones, and this saturating, this, you know, permeating our whole embodied self, this is how the Dharma comes alive for us in each moment. Um, And yet, of course, you probably probably noticed already this morning, thoughts come, emotions come, you get carried away, 
I mean, that is part of the whole thing that happens. And um, Basho, who's a um, haiku poet from Japan, I think it's like the 1300s or something, he has this wonderful haiku that says, each time the wind blows, the butterfly sits anew on the willow. Each time the wind blows, the butterfly sits anew on the willow. It's so beautiful. We just come back. We sit. But, but part of this communing, being fully present, really means that we have to come into our body. Um, and even in kinhin, you know, to fully bring our attention all the way down to our feet and just be with each step we're taking. That's coming down into our body in this very sort of basic way. And the embodiedness, I mean, even in the phrase, you know, travel the pathways, embrace the territory, treasure the road, all that language is really earth language. <laughs> it's, it's about how we're living on the earth and we walk and we move and we eat and we sleep and we love and we make mistakes. All of this is our embodiedness. Um, so coming into our breath, bringing our attention to our feet on the ground. Um, and I know many of you probably are aware of this book, the Satipatthana. Um, I know Cody is. <laughs> and this is a wonderful book from long ago also. And it's called The Direct Path to Realization. And this book actually gives sort of instructions to how to begin to come into our bodies. That's the kind of beginning. So like, for example, in, in this book, it says, I shall breathe in experiencing the whole body. I'm sorry, I shall breathe in experiencing the whole body. I shall breathe out experiencing the whole body. I'm noticing the inhale and the exhale. And this goes all the way through. When we're walking, we know we're walking. When standing, we know we're standing. When lying down, we know we're lying down. Just the awareness. It's a kind of intimacy to just be with walking. Be aware and notice the space around it. Um, breath by breath, words go, words come back, let go. Nothing stops life's flow except the delusion that we know. So what it says in the Satipatthana is that these practices of embodiment actually are what begin to dissipate the sense of solid self. So, so these practices almost we step out of or step fully down into ourselves beyond whatever the fixed patterns are. So in this coming into the body, you know, the deeper practice of letting go of self begins to happen, but kind of naturally, not like you're trying to make it happen. Um, and this may be one way to stay deeply connected to our deeper self too. And I was also noticing that there's kind of a subtlety in 
for example, being with your breath, like it, we might start out by saying to ourselves, I shall breathe in, I shall breathe out. But notice maybe later today that it's different if you just notice your body breathing. It's almost like we're about, we're trying to be attuned not tell ourselves to do something like take a deep breath. We're trying to be attuned to exactly how is my body breathing right now? And, and the same with walking or sitting or lying down. It's like, you know, notice how you're lying down. Don't tell yourself a way to lie down. This way the body can come alive and the body itself can move out of fixed patterns. Um, We can also practice bare attention, which is a kind of communing with the self. And I I don't know quite even how to say this, but this whole sense of communing actually is happening everywhere. Communing with the source, the source is communing with us. We can commune with our smaller selves inside and listen and create space around some suffering that might come up. So, so bare attention is another way of communing with self because you're invited to not um, use concepts, to not kind of label something that's happening. Um, like somebody lately was telling me, well, and the doctors say, all it is is anxiety. You know, well, okay, well, what does that mean even? But it almost, it's like a false explanation of what our real deep experience actually is. And so by letting go of those concepts or labels, um, we're communing with self. We're becoming more intimate because what's there is layered and goes deeper. Um, so, so for example, you might, um, uh, you know, notice, oh, twinge, energetic wind, a funny image, just tenseness in my heart, warm air on my face, hands tense in a fist. It's just very bare noticing, you know. So instead of saying, oh, there's an airplane flying above, you just listen to the sound and let the sound come in. Um, this is another kind of letting go and then and then listening. Um, but often in these practices at this moment, the ego wants to come in. Maybe you'll notice this, like like something's starting to like loosen or you know, maybe you you're feeling kind of swimmy or like, I don't know what's happening. And then the ego comes in. what happens for me is, I wonder what how much more time is in my, you know, is it five minutes, 10 minutes? I wish the the clock would ring, you know, because it will pull you out. You know, it's a little scary to stay there. Um, So uh, also self-criticism comes in too from the ego. Uh, Oh, that's not the right way to do it. Do it this way. And so we want to catch that happening because it's a strong force and say, no, uh, it's okay. I'm going to stay here. 
I want to go deeper. Um, so, uh, oh, the thing about the ego also is that it really likes to say I've got it now, or this is how it is. I want it. I want to be this way. So, especially if I have a really like, oh, this this feels so great. I want to be like this, you know. And then again, we're starting to hold on. We're trying to make something be a certain way. And so the practice is just to catch this and not let it let the ego take over. Um, so Harada, who wrote this book, it's a commentary on the Platform Sutra, not one single thing. He says, direct awareness of breathing, becoming aware of the life energy that's being born in each moment. Let this energy permeate. So these practices are cultivating uh, a connection to energy, to the energy of life flowing forth. But I don't want to forget about suffering. (laughs) I mean, suffering is happening, I'm guessing, for most of us sometime during this morning. It's happening everywhere, all over the world. And suffering arises in this communing and it arises in a different way, I think, if we're, if we're communing with the source. We're already in this larger space where the source is communing with us and gives us a kind of um, power, in a sense, to, to witness suffering, to bring our attention to suffering without getting tangled up so far in it. Harada says we can look We can go into the fire without burning. We can go into the water without drowning. And something different happens when we can be with our suffering in this way, um, because it's certainly an act of compassion. Um, But then something can happen. (laughs) It's the communing again, where there's an an interaction, a communication that's beginning to happen. Um, So, I've I've kind of tried to call this healing happens in the interplay. Healing happens in this interplay of communing with the source, communing with my suffering. And um, in a way, what begins to arise comes through the communing. There's sort of like a wide eye that opens and something comes up like... um, when I was at the intensive, um, all of a sudden, I just started thinking about this particular woman in my life who I feel really close to and really connected to. It just appeared in my zazen. And I felt this longing, like I really wanted to see her, be close to her. Um, so at first, the critic came in and said, well, what do you want when you when you see her? And I felt... This, I suddenly felt like I was a child and I wanted to be close to her like a child. And the critic came in and said, well, you can't do that. You're an adult now. But in this communing, it was like, wait a second. Let's see what would happen if you let the child become close to this person. And this is all in my zazen. This isn't like 
in the external world. And suddenly I just was overcome with this incredible experience of unconditional motherly love. It was as I felt held and I felt like I'm experiencing this kind of motherly love for the first time. It's like I never got that from my mother, but now I was getting it. <laughs> you know, So the healing can happen just in this kind of practice in all kinds of ways. Um, uh, this, this shy me that wants to hide, I was um, having this memory of when I would be like three years old and I would get up and start dancing around and then my father would laugh at me. So I felt really shamed, shamed about dancing. Um, but then in my zazen, the words came, from the womb of love, the wild child is born. And that was like, wow, yeah. It's like the trap door opened <laughs> and, you know, some part of me came out. And so maybe many of us, parts of us are locked in trap doors and, and we want this communing to happen so that, you know, we, we heal. And we open even, even further into what's wanting to happen next. So actually everything, living, past, present, future, is wanting to be a moment of communing. We're communing with our small selves, wanting to hold on. We're communing with the essence of the Dharma. We're communing with each other as we care for each other. And we're offering listening. I think the communing is about listening. You know, and listening beyond what we think listening is in a way. Because if we're open and we come with a not knowing, you know, things come in many forms and in many ways. And listening can be something you see. It can be something you feel. Um, uh, so we're letting go of abstractions and concepts we're plunging into the fertile dirt of suffering and we're meeting everything with compassion. So, communing with the source, traveling the pathways, embrace the territory and treasure the road. Thank you. And maybe just an opening for any thoughts or questions for a few minutes, maybe five minutes. <laughs> I forget when we're supposed to stop, Larry. Uh, I think uh, 11. 11, okay, so we're about there. Jody. Thank you for this expression of incredible vulnerability and mm -hmm. um, letting your shy self be your shy self <laughs> and still walk through that. That's mm -hmm. really amazing and it's a great example for me, I'm sure for other people as well. And um, yeah, so that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you.
more thoughts or questions or yes, Lisa. I my I've just recently uh, first of all thank you for your talk. Um, I've just recently stopped doing breath counting, and um, I was really glad to hear you talking about the breath and also being embodied. And I guess I um, I'm still trying to figure out sort of how much how to be with the breath, how much attention. Huh. You know, without kind of focus, you know, a focusing kind of hard. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, I guess I just wondered if you have any suggestions. Yeah, Yeah, that's, you know, it's delicate concentration is a kind of focusing. But at the same time, it seems like it's a concentrated openness not a concentrated on a particular task, kind of. So it, it's, it's a different quality, I guess, of being, because there's a coning or presencing, and yet there's an openness where you're listening. So it would be if, you know, you're, you're not yet with the body, with the breath, that, that it may call for that kind of, you know, special attention. But at a certain point, you're you're just breathing, and you're open. It's really helpful. Thank oh. you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll return to our practice beginning with Kinhin. <laughs>